You're listening to the Savvy Citizen Podcast. I'm Adam Gobb. Today on the show, we're talking to members of the Gaston County Extension and Community Association, better known as the ECA. We've got a couple folks that are in studio today that are going to tell us a little bit about the history of the ECA, which has been around for a century, what the ECA was started for, and what they're doing today. We're here today on another edition of Savvy Citizen. I've got a great group of ladies here, uh, and we've got a great topic for you today. We're going to be talking about kind of the, the role of volunteers with the uh, North Carolina Cooperative Extension um, and the history of ECA and, and what ECA looks like today. Um, so I've got Linda Mingus, and Linda is here with Pam Bryson, who's with the Gaston County Extension, also with um, Audrey Hunt, who is the Gaston County ECA president, and then Dana Croston. And Dana, you're also with ECA? Yes, I am. And what's your role with the ECA? I actually am the treasurer of okay. ECA. Perfect. And you just started working with the ECA, correct? Right, right before COVID. I actually joined and then COVID happened and they sh- and everything shut down. <laughs> okay. So it's like we're, it's, it's this weird new world where we're getting back to things. We're kind of feeling our way out going... Are we we back to normal, maybe? So, um, but that's that's kind of exciting. So, Linda, if you want to just kind of uh, kind of hit lead off here for us and talk a little bit about kind of what the role of volunteers with the Cooperative Extension is. Yeah, great. So, one of the things that I like to mention first of all, because I come from a background with healthcare, one of the things that really surprised me and was unique to learning about Cooperative Extension is the history of volunteer involvement. So we have here in our state, across the state, over a hundred years of volunteer connections and organizations that have been affiliated with us. And in Gaston County, we work with probably anywhere from three to 500 different volunteers. Wow. That becomes extremely important to the capacity for us to be able to do programming. And that is in the role of agriculture from, for example, the Gaston County Cattlemen's Association to the Gaston County Beekeepers Association. And that's been a group that has been growing quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Our 4-H volunteers. We have also um, our QNRC group, um, Quality Natural Resources Commission, that has worked and partnered with North Carolina Cooperative Extension in looking at um, natural resources, 4-H, which for many people, when they learn or hear the word cooperative extension, they first think of 4-H. That's our youth programming. And then our group called ECA, Extension and Community Association. And that's the group that we're here talking about today. So a little bit of uh, the history of ECA, and it sounds like we're going to have Pam and Linda both talk about this, but I mean, this has been around, this is not a, a new organization. Exactly. So, well, let me first tell you my, f- one of the earliest experiences that I had with working with Extension is I first met volunteers with our group ECA, and they at that time were probably in their late 70s. Okay. They came and were a part of our organization as a youth leader being in 4-H when they were children with their parents. So one of the things is really neat and very unique is you see that family connection. So it really started in around 1913, 1914, and the long story 
I guess the short story of this is that we had in North Carolina, there were corn clubs that were started and supported through NC State being a land-grant university. And that was to help farm families being able to learn some of the best practices and get the most money for growing corn. Well, that was really targeting the youth, the young boys, and guess what? Their sister said, there's gotta be something for us. Where are we gonna have an opportunity to learn? So these tomato clubs in North Carolina, the young girls, and there was an age requirement, 10 to 20 was the age range, they were given a tenth of an acre of land to grow tomatoes. And NC State worked with them to grow, to pick, and to harvest tomatoes, and they learned how to can them. So that fed the families, and then they ended up selling those products and learning the skills. And that is really where we started here in Gaston County, and it was around in 1914 through tomato clubs. Wow. So it all started with tomatoes. It sure (laughs) did. And guess what? Nowadays, with COVID and the cost of food, canning and food preservation – and the demand for canning is higher than ever. So things do truly, you know, cycle back. Yeah, through. they come full circle. Um, so we're, we're going to talk to uh, Pam a little bit about kind of the, the history of ECA um, and, and talk about some of maybe Gaston County's uh, success stories because there's, there's several of these that maybe you wouldn't realize that are part of ECA. Yes, in 1972, uh, ECA helped start Meals on Wheels. And... They actually delivered them. And then it grew so big, that's when it moved to another, you know, DSS or another organization. But I think it's great it started in their kitchen. That's awesome. And then also in the 70s, around 1977, the ladies didn't like the way the court system was in Gaston County. They thought the criminals was getting off too easy. So they went, the governor was going to be in our courthouse. So one of our ladies, Helen Bess, called churches, got with all the ECA members, and got 1,000 women to march from 412 York Street up to the courthouse in protest of criminals getting off too easy. Okay. And so the governor talked with them, and he says, okay, you've spotted the problem. Now I want you to help solve the problem. <laughs> so they started a court watch, and it was called. I'm not certain of what the exact program was, but it became a national model that oh, started wow. here in Gaston County and became a national model. So volunteers were put into the courtrooms, and they audited, and they checked to find out what type of uh, work was being done. And it's very interesting. We have a couple of news articles, and one of them quoted a local male lawyer telling and commenting that those women needed to get back in the kitchen. Oh, how lovely. (laughs) So one of the things that I have heard from many of our members that have been with the organization for 70 or more years have said, You know, we have to remember in today's world, women have a lot more voting rights, we're more involved. But during that time, being involved with the university and with ECA 
was truly a grassroots approach to making change and identifying what that was and making things happen. So they they really were able to gain their political you know, voice and really make those changes. So during the 70s, we ended up having over 1,000 members. Wow. They were very much connected to local movements from uh, creating libraries, working with Meals on Wheels, ex- education, sexual abuse, and sexual education within the school system. It is amazing the history of what our members have done, and it all started from tomato clubs. Well, and very wide-ranging in terms of just the, the number of different things and the, the types of topics that um, the, the ECA was involved in. One of the most interesting aspects that I was going to also mention is early on, especially in the eastern part of our state, that Extension ECA groups worked with cotton subsidy programs, and women actually learned how to make mattresses, extra cotton was gathered, they worked with the university, they made mattresses, not only for their own homes, but to sell for additional income. Mm. Because one of the things we have to remember, North Carolina was very rural, and we had a lot of poverty, not a lot of education. So the great thing about the work, and when we talk about family and consumer science, you know, and that is nationally recognized, we have programming, that in universities that range from parenting to sexual development to family and nutrition education. The initial term for that in, as we were creating this program in North Carolina was called home demonstration. So this concept of learning from others, learning by doing, really started with ECA. And it has really made a huge impact and, you know, to this day, the role of our volunteers and what ECAD, ECA does is still based on that model of, you know, modeling and, and leadership development and working with the next generation. So I want to bring kind of um, Audrey and, and Dana into the conversation about, you know, we're talking some about the, the history, but what does today's ECA look like? You know, what are what are some of the volunteer opportunities that are available and uh, what are some of the, the kind of programs and initiatives that ECA is involved with in, in 2022? Well, basically we're in uh, leadership development, uh, volunteer opportunities and education support and all of our research is based on North Carolina State and North Carolina AT&T, but we have five specialty groups and which consists of Creative Needlers, the Marker Global Club, which began as a visual disability club. And so now they work with the Salvation Army, the Pottery House, and they do Special Olympics. And then we have a group that is quilters, and then they make uh, different blankets and uh, items which is called lap blankets that go to the nursing homes. Mm, And then we have a baby blanket that goes to the NIC unit. And then we have what we call scrappers, and they do different kind of art projects of making cards, and they go to the nursing homes. And then we have what we call Warm Up America, which is in knitting and crocheting, and they have to be uh, certain inches 
before we can send them over to the servicemen and women. Gotcha. So I know that Linda was talking about ECA is broken down into districts. Is the local district, does that encompass all of Gaston County? Is it broader than that? Does it encompass areas around Gaston County as well? It has five five counties. Okay. Are we not five in the South District? The district itself is like 19 counties. Oh, wow. Yes, the district oh. changes. It's based on the model of North Carolina Cooperative Extension. Okay. So we're very large, and, you know, over the years, it continues to get larger. Mm. But the county level, each county still has its presence of having a county level, and then they work with district programming and then also a state-level board. Got it. The district is so big, what Audrey's talking about when she said five, our district is so far out to the east now that they have broken us down into subgroups mm. that now we have five so we can work closer together with counties that's near us to that get makes sense. to accomplish more than we could with somebody like in Harnett County that's so far away from us. Sure, sure. I, I know, Dana, when we were getting ready to, to start the podcast, you were saying that you had initially gotten involved right before COVID started, and then obviously things weren't happening in, in much of the same way you know, over the last two years or so. So um, how did you kind of re-engage once you, you knew that there would be more of these in-person activities happening again? Now, when you say more of the in-person activities, what do you mean by that? So um, what does ECA do when it's not COVID. <laughs> okay, okay, I understand that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, like you said, we're really just starting the in-person activities again, and so there have been a few that I've actually been, you know, able to assist with. Like, okay. recently we did the health fair at Gaston College, hmm. with I, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And then right, I guess maybe it was maybe in the middle when they weren't quite sure what to do with COVID when we did the um, strawberries oh, and yeah. burger okay. with, with, with kids there. And we set up a booth and we gave out information um, to folks that came through, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Sure. But a lot of things that we're doing now, you know, we do as a group. We um, recently did cards to um, veterans. Mm. And then we also did, what was the other thing we did? We did the cards to the veterans. I'm sorry. I have no, to you're fine. Shirt saver. Yeah, shirt the shirt savers. Okay. So a lot of things we come together as a group and we'll work as a group like um, over at Lucille Tatum Center. Mm -hmm. And we'll create things to send out to the public. Okay. So roughly how many folks are, are members of the of ECA here in Gaston County? And then, I mean, I know that we talked about kind of the subregions and the regions, but I mean. Oh, right now we have 40, 49 members. We just had um, where we kind of re-upped everybody, where everybody had to register to become a member again. Okay. And our final number was 49. Okay. But we're always looking for new members. And it, I mean, is there any sort of thing that you need to bring to the table in terms of experience or knowledge? Or, I mean, you're you're really looking for just about anybody, right? All all you need is your hands and your heart. Okay. One of the things that that I'll mention, especially as we were dealing with COVID, the work that ECD, ECA did was phenomenal. We had a group of volunteers that started making face masks prior to those being distributed, you know, easily throughout um, 
from the county and other sources. And that was so important because they made those for our farmers markets, for mm -hmm. other groups within Extension. And one of those key volunteers that had been a member for a very long time, unfortunately had passed away as a result of COVID. And she was a strong champion for ECA up, and up until that time. But ECA has done so much and also connecting with others. And the uh, shirt savers that they had mentioned, that is an, a, a specially designed um, adult bib that is used for residents at Holy Angels okay. and also for some of the youth and the children at Webb Street School. Mm -hmm. On average, those are about $15 a pop. So it's been really a great benefit to the organizations where ECA invites the public to come out, be a part of whether it's ironing or cutting. You don't even have to sew to make these, and they're distributed. And that type of in-kind donation really allows these organizations to use their money for additional purposes. And being connected, one of the things that the board has really talked about is the level of relationships and just being together. We know, and we've said this before in our podcasting, there have been so many losses, especially for older adults yep. during COVID. And the camaraderie and relationships and laughter and also of working together to support our community, I think that has been the light shining throughout this entire experience with COVID. So, you know, for a lot of people that are isolated or maybe, you know, they have few friends or family and they're just looking ways to get connected to people who are service-oriented, ECA is a great opportunity for that. We even do virtual and in-person activities. We've all learned through this. If, oh, if yeah. anyone had ever said we would have had a Zoom ECA meeting, <laughs> would y'all have thought that would have been the case? Anybody want to comment on that? <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and the reason is when you're not brought up with a computer, you know, in your hand. Sure. To try to learn it was a challenge for me. So anytime that I can see a, you know, a Zoom done, then I'm clicking on, mm -hmm. you know. And then we did one back in December from North Carolina State, and I said, sent the young girl a note. I said, I registered, but I'm not showing up. She said, go back and do this and do this. So see, mm -hmm. up 10 years ago, no, mm -hmm. I would have never thought it that we would be doing Zoom and continue to do Zoom. Zoom. And Miss Mingus has a class coming up, May the 3rd, so I'm going to be back in that class. There you go. Because, see, I need to know it, even though I might decide that age-wise that I retire from ECA, you know, then I would probably put it aside. But right now I need to learn it. Absolutely. Let me also mention, you know, in terms of the work that Dana and Audrey have done during COVID to support our organization. And, you know, you've probably heard volunteer groups were really, um, you know, put under <laughs> some dire, dire straits conditions during COVID. And they really work to stay connected to our membership, work to continue looking at budgets and moving things along. And you know, that level of leadership is so important when it comes to our organizational levels. And 
Um, both of our volunteers here are also members of our Master Food Volunteer Organization that supports our family um, and consumer science, our food and nutrition programs. So they do a lot of things for ECA, but also for our other extension volunteer groups. And in fact, Miss Audrey here was a former extension employee. In fact, that's how we roped her in, as I call Aha. it. <laughs> extension, former extension employees <laughs> and their families make some of the best volunteers. Mm. Don't but have to train them at all. They know exactly. That's exactly right. Yep. And her involvement with education, you know, young and early child care education was a great asset. So, and Dana has, you know, we kind of threw Dana to the wolves with <laughs> managing the budget and looking at all this and, again, trying to figure out the communications. And, um, you know, but also having input and perspective from new members who really weren't as familiar with the history of North Carolina is truly what we rely on to grow. So I just want to say thank you so much to both of the volunteers that are here today um, because just like all things, you always have uh, the few who do so much. Oh, yeah. And as our world has changed and, and volunteering looks different than what it did 100 years ago and what types of work people want to do is different, we're still trying to adapt and to change that so it's more of an interest to today's you know, families as well. And we're open to both men and women. So even though there was a history of women, we are open to both women and men. That's good to know. So, I mean, kind of along those lines and, and kind of a question for, for anybody, you know, how do you go about kind of uh, recruiting new members for, for ECA? And, and how do you go about kind of touting the work that you've done and the work that you continue to do? Well, like uh, Miss Dana said, we did a health fair uh, at Gaston College, so they receive information, you know, with all of what we have going on in a newsletter. Okay. You know, and then um, before Gaston Gazette cut their funding or whatever what they did, it mm -hmm. was advertised in a newspaper about our classes that would be coming up. Got it. And now we have a new sign outside of the Lucille Tatum building, and our uh, workshops goes on that sign. Okay. And then it's by word of mouth. Somehow we got uh, invited to uh, Farstone a few weeks ago, okay. which I didn't know anything about, and we talked to the group from Episca Church, you know, and told them, you know, what we did and things like that. But it's basically through marketing. Yeah, that makes sense. The health fairs. ECA also has a social media platform. They use Facebook. Okay. And we also have their webpage as part of the Gaston County Cooperative Extension webpage and our events calendar. So those are some good places. Um, so like so many of our extension programs, we try when people come into the world of extension – we really try to connect them to all things that we touch. And it's, you know, for example, the summer we have youth programming that's being done with our new 4-H agent, and ECA is going to be working with the youth to help them to be a part of some of the community projects they're doing. So the kids will learn some new crafting activities, but they will also make projects that will go to uh, residents up some of our um, often overlooked nursing homes mm -hmm. so that we can help them to understand 
a little bit more about community service and the needs of our community. So ECA really does a lot to support uh, extension activities. Oh, that's terrific. Um, so we've, we've talked a little bit in, about kind of how to connect with ECA um, through the, the Facebook page, but um, if, you're, if you're not a big Facebooker, what's the best way to kind of get in touch? If, you're, if you have interest about either becoming a member or just some of the, the, the programs that you guys are involved with? You can just show up at the East Lucille Tatum building, and we'll be glad to give you a tour and explain anything you'd like to know. And um, we will hand you out a newsletter, a brochure, and give you all the information we have available. Well, that just sounds far too easy. (laughs) Oh, and you can call us. We'll tell you what you need to know over the phone also. Awesome. How is ECA um, going about trying to kind of increase diversity in the organization? I know that, Linda, you mentioned that it's now not just women, but it's also for men, but just, you know, ages, uh, gender, um, race. I mean, there's obviously a lot that goes into diversity, but how are you working to kind of broaden um, the appeal of the organization? That's a great question. So one of the things we're trying to do is to be very specific and reach out to diverse groups within our community. And then again, when COVID hit, some of those things had stalled out. But as we open up quite a bit, we try to reach out specifically and invite and send invitations out to some of the local black churches in our area. And we try to um, make sure all of our information goes through Gaston County media so that that taps into different channels. Um, It's a little challenging because we do not have many resources to support the Spanish-speaking population, Mm. Um, but we also do work, for example, with the Upward Bound program through Gaston College that, for example, works with um, students, our first-time college-goers, and many of their families come from either low-income or from Hispanic families, so we try to have opportunities. So we have to be very intentional um, because there's not a lot of, you know, financial support for that marketing, and it goes back to those relationships. So as we meet and work with, for example, our community garden program that goes into the Highland community, and we do outreach through our libraries that really tap into all of the communities of Gaston County, but that is that is that remains to be a challenge. And we try to get input and find out what folks want, and that's part of what we're moving forward now that our COVID restrictions have been lifted, and we can actually do more activities. So, um, you know, you hear the phrase, "If you feed them, they will come." Oh yeah. So a lot of our hands-on food activities is a great way. So we go to farmers market, and we try to reach out to limited resource communities. Because the great thing, like so many of our extension programs, these are no cost or limited cost. Membership fees are about $20 a year, and we can work with you on that for ECA. Okay. Um, but there's so much to learn and to gain, and we want to hear from others in terms of what would you like to have be presented. Many folks come to our group because they're looking to sew and learning some of those heritage skills. Mm-hmm. So ECA has a lot of opportunities with that, and social media has been very helpful as well in trying to reach new audiences. Definitely. What do you enjoy the most about ECA? 
Oh, okay, I guess that's me. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> we're putting we're putting you on the spot. Well, no, because I've actually thought about this quite a bit, and yeah. I really do enjoy ECA because at heart I like to volunteer. Mm. And when I and you know when I joined this organization, I actually started with the um, Master Food Program. Okay. Although I've done sov- several things in the county, but that's how I got into ECA. You know, I, I finished the program, and they seemed like a really nice group of ladies. And Linda kind of, you know, she said, "Oh, you know, come to a meeting," and I came to the meeting, and everybody was just wonderful. But the thing I think I like the most is all the you find out all the opportunities to volunteer. Mm. It is like it's amazing to me what I did not know about Gaston County, and I've been here for twenty years. Wow! And so as I've, I'm um, participating in things, I'm finding other opportunities within Gaston County where I can maybe not so much with ECA, but it's like I find this outlet, and it's like, oh, I didn't know these people needed a hand. And so you you find other opportunities within Gaston County to participate in. And then, you know, as I learn more about the way the county works even, like I didn't realize all the levels of ECA and how far out they've reached and how um, they kind of in- intertwine with Gaston County government. So there's a lot that you learn as you are a member of, of um, ECA. You get your, your foot in the door and then it just... <laughs> oh, it gets more very, more. very wide. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, was a, I kind of participated in when they did like the food survey to see, you know, like, you know, there's food deserts in Gaston County. And I mean, I don't live in a food desert, so it never dawned on me. But when you get that information, you're like, wow, like that's really something significant. How can I assist, you know, with this issue in the county? So it gives you, you know, it kind of plants seeds. It plants seeds so you can say, you know what, maybe I don't want to sew or knit, but, you know, within this organization, I have the ability to bring up this idea and maybe, you know, we can expand on that. And that can become a project within ACA. And so I like the fact that, you know, everybody has a voice, everybody can give information, and it does. It really opens you up to what is available to help you help other people within the county. And I love to volunteer. Well, it sounds like they've, they've put the right person in place here because <laughs> <laughs> you've got to have people that kind of have that heart for volunteering. I mean, that's um, kind of what you had mentioned earlier, having, you know, kind of, you know, the hands and the heart. And it's like if you've got those two things, you're good to go. Well, I... I joined uh, ACA, as Miss Mingus said, she wrote me in mm. because I had retired and I was just piddling. And she said, what are you doing? And I said, oh, if what I want to do, she wanted me to be a judge for cultural arts. Okay. So we had cultural arts in 2016. So in 2017, I said, oh. I better get back over there to Lucille Tatum and see what's going on, mm-hmm. see if it's the way that I remember. And so I joined in 2017, and so my biggest goal is helping others. Okay. And I like their motto, strengthening families through education, leadership, and community service. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, concerned citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. Yep, that's very true. This is this is becoming a, a theme, Linda, that people just don't say no to you. So this is... <laughs> <laughs> I know, didn't I do a great job yeah, of picking volunteers? Absolutely. So one of the things that, you know, Pam can also probably share, I also think about the personal skills I have learned. So I have a family painting in my house that my husband's grandmother made, had painted when she was in her 70s as a member of ECA. 
And I did not even know about the organization when I worked at the local hospital. And then I come to ECA and I work with the volunteers, the loving relationships, and they really do become your family and your volunteers and the passion that you have. Um, we've cried together as we've lost members and had to help one another and to share the news. We've also laughed together as we've learned how to sew and make quilts. I've made quilts that are on my grandchildren's beds that oh, wow. I never learned that skill um, because my mother had passed away. So I learned that from my ECA members. Mm. And also, um, you know, our friends become family. So, in fact, my dear ECA members threw me a surprise birthday party yesterday. Oh, So this is a fun. great example how volunteer relationships really do become your family, and especially when you are all on the same framework. And I, I keep going back to the fact that I think COVID has made us aware that relationships are so important. And when we can work together, the impacts that we make because Extension is truly a high-touch organization, mm -hmm. and we are about families. And when you see these generations of family that are still involved in your organization and employees who retire and come back and the history that they bring to our county, that is very unique. Um, so that's, you know, that's been one of the things that I've seen with ECA, just how much we can learn. We have some phenomenal um, experts and people have expert skills on so many different levels and they share that abundantly. Yes, and I love reading the thank you notes we get. Some of them just bring tears to my eyes because you don't realize how unfortunate some people are mm -hmm. and how blessed we are. And when we can touch just one of those people and they send us a thank you card telling us, it just makes my day. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank everybody for, for joining us today. Um, thank you to Linda, to Pam, to Dana, and to Audrey for um, sitting down and talking with us a little bit about ECA. And wish you guys um, the best of luck as you continue to grow your organization and, and kind of serve the community. And we thank you. Thank you.